What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Real Talk NFT, where we talk all things Web3. Uh, super excited today to have on Tim English. Uh, he's one of the driving forces behind NBA Top Shop. And I seriously mean this. I think they should put you on payroll. <laughs> you are the team captain of the Golden Warriors exclusive Top Shop channel. But before we jump into all of that, you know, give us a brief, brief bio about yourself and how you got involved in Top Shop in the first place. Sure. So uh, way back when I was a cardboard collector growing up, uh, big sport was hockey where I started uh, from San Jose. So the San Jose Sharks right in, right in the backyard. That was my main team. Um, and then I, I kind of stopped doing as much as I got older, uh, went to the East Coast for college and I happened to be in the, the same division as Steph Curry. So I went to CFC. Steph Curry was obviously at Davidson. So I got to see him live way back when, not knowing what he was going to be. Uh, but you could tell there was something special about him, right? Um, and around the time I was graduating, he was getting drafted by the Warriors, obviously a hometown team, uh, Warriors Bay Area's team. And uh, that's really what got me more into basketball. I've always been a sports fan, a Bay Area sports fan of almost every team, um, almost every sport. Um, Giant or uh, Oakland A's fan, 49ers fan, Sharks fan. And the Warriors were always there, but it was kind of my last in priority. And then I became, I think, a Steph fan as I became a bigger, or I was a Steph fan and that would what allowed me to become a bigger Warriors fan over time. Um, and so it's just culminated in the championship runs that we've been seeing. Um, it's part of what brought me back to card collecting. Um, and what eventually brought me into Top Shot was just the, the love for the Warriors and, and Steph Curry. How, how did that happen? Was it a friend introduction? Was it through the, you know, physical collectors community? Uh, I think it was, I mean, pandemic time, right? We're all locked down. We're all looking for stuff to do. I forget the author's name, but it's that big article that came out in uh, February of 2020 that, uh, or February of 2021 that everyone credits as this is one of the reasons I got in the top shot. So that was it. And it was right around the time of, uh, I want to say the second or third cool cat drop. And I just remember mm. queuing up for that and trying to get into it and just being nowhere close to, uh, far enough at the top of the line to be able to get a pack. And it just it inspired that, uh, desire and collectability of, look, this is something cool. This is something people want. Um, and you know, probably spent way too much money from there, uh, but that definitely inspired uh, inspired the desire. And then even got back into some basic cardboard collecting. I actually picked this up earlier today. Uh, oh, a couple, couple palos in there. So I just, I got to get some nice. more, um, uh, some more top loaders to load it into. But so uh, it's, it's, it's just been fun to reignite that passion. No, definitely reignited my passion for sure. hundred percent. And I'm not even a card collector. I mean, I did when I was young, like everyone else got a couple packs here and there, but you were involved with, Collecting hockey cards, I think you said you started with, right? And uh, or was it just a sport of hockey that you were interested in beginning? It but, was it was mainly hockey, but every sport. I mean, I've got bankers boxes full of cards. Um, mm. So around around the same time as getting into Top Shot, I was actually leaving one job to start my own firm, so I had a lot of downtime. So it was actually pretty cool in the last couple of years to go through all that stuff, sort through everything. Um, actually, found a full collection. I don't know if you remember the SI for Kids, the perforated cards you'd get in there. Found a mm -hmm. bunch of those, including a full series of the Michael Jordan tribute um, that somehow wow. were protected after just sitting in a banker's box loosely for a while. So got those all all uh, packaged up nice and uh, yeah. So it just it's uh, it start hockey was always the main one, but I always collected everything. Well, coming from a little bit from the physical collecting world, how's the title of this podcast is how Top Shop has changed collecting forever? <laughs> has it? Or, you know, what's the differences? Because you seem to definitely have more experience than me in, in physical card collecting and now, you know, onto digital cards. Yeah. No, I, a lot of the pain points of the grading process, the, um, you know, the listing of certain um, moments, if you just go or 
certain cards if you go on eBay or whatever it is, having to pay for shipping and send it all out, uh, making sure, and you know, most cards are going to be valid, but especially if you start talking things like autographs, making sure they have certificates of authenticity. Is that certificate of authenticity from anyone that's even reputable? I mean, it's all of those different pain points all along the way with physical collectibles that, uh, not that I have anything super valuable, like I got a couple things that are maybe worth a couple hundred bucks, but I just, I wouldn't even go about selling them or ever really want to sell them just because it's, it's such a pain and the, the fun of collecting it is then out or is then downplayed by the, the pain of selling it. So most of the stuff I collect, I just like to know what the value is. It's more of a general, hey, this is cool. But the cool thing with Top Shot and a lot of the other digital collectibles is it reduces or eliminates almost all of those pain points, right? Just the ability to go and list something on the marketplace. And, you know, Dapper's been improving um, the technology and some of the features. It's not perfect. It's not exactly where we want it to be. But those pain points are almost completely eliminated in the digital space because it's on the blockchain. It's uh, most places that if they have a, a marketplace, I know the Top Shot app recently came out and there's no plugin for the marketplace there, but still on the web browser, real easy to list, really easy to delist. Um, they're taking a commission, they, they're a business, they got to make money. Um, uh, eBay, you know, one of the things I'd like to see long term is, is a little bit more not open. Well, I guess you have it on Gaia, right? Um, you have the ability to take moments off platform and you can sell them in ways where you're not necessarily paying the 5% market fee. Um, but yeah, it's, I think those are the steps that were necessary to really drive, um, one, it's reunited my, my passion for cardboard collecting, right? But it, it really drives collecting generally because it el eliminates a lot of the pain points that people have with physical collectibles. Yeah, absolutely. The mobile app, like that you mentioned that just came out. I mean, they're still progressing. And one of the articles I read was the marketplace is not on there because the Apple rule, Apple is trying to take 30% of everything. And so, you know, 5% I'm happy with 30%. I'm not so sure. I, I think we're going to see that evolve and eventually, you know, we'll see the marketplace on mobile. And I think that's going to definitely drive a lot of user, a lot of user adoption for sure. No, absolutely. So tell us about Sims. Tell us about the Golden State channel, which is the number one channel on Top Shop, in my opinion. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, we, we got a team that's easy to root for, right? Maybe not so much this season. It's been a little up and down, but when you win oh, yeah. uh, four trophies in the last eight years, people like to hang out. Um, in, in my mentality, and I think I've told you this story before, but in, we're both Nine, Live, uh, Nine Lives Lounge NLL members. Um, and we, we come from the idea that a community can be really special in the digital space, right? It's a lot of Discord inter uh, interaction, I think, hopefully with the, the mobile app, we hopefully get some chat features and we can get away from Discord. But, you know, both you and I have experienced the, the benefits and the uniqueness of the Nine Lives Lounge, the people that are in there contributing. Well, one of the first sets I finished after finishing that was making sure to have a warrior set so I could go ahead and get access to the team Discord, which was gated at that time based on, I think, just having um, S2 because S uh, season series three was not completed yet. Um, and I get in there and it's like, okay, you know, people are talking to warriors a little bit, but it wasn't that same vibe and that same like passion or the same um, activation as we had in the Nine Lives Lab. So I wanted to bring that to it. Um, so before even the captain's program really started, I was just being the rabble rouser. Um, I think someone um, gave, was like, oh, I got tickets. I don't really, I can't really use them. Like, all right, let's get them away to the channel. Let's, oh, nice. let's try and run some sort of giveaway. Um, and really just kind of fostering that, that sense of community. And then the captain's program started. The Warriors obviously went on their run last year. So you know, we had lots of things to celebrate. Um, before we even got our budget, we had community members giving away hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of moments. Uh, Shonky was a big one. I think he gave like five or six grand away in moments. So it was really community-driven. Uh, and that was, I 
think really important as we started to grow that community. And now it's culminated with, we had um, the Sim Sunday where we're actually able to go in for game three of the Western Conference Finals. We had about 150 people show up, Top Shot collectors and other NFT collectors. Uh, we've then uh, worked over to uh, IRL events outside of Chase, uh, which was inclusive of when we went to Top Golf and we had Kavan Mooney show up and we had about 80 people there. And now we've got another one coming up in uh, March, March 11th, we're going to the Warriors Bucks game in the Modelo Cantina. Uh, people that were part of the, uh, I, I always like to refer to it as Sim Strength and Moments. That's essentially what the group, the Warriors group has named themselves. Uh, so the Sim group Strength and Moments, you could compete for tickets. They're pretty coveted. They were pretty penny that coming out of our, our team captain budget. Uh, but people could get there by either giving a rare rare moment to the Strength and Moments account or giving what we call a trade ticket or a, you know, a floor value moment. And then that was a raffle. Um, and so we're finishing up that process now. But it's just always that idea of the community giving back and the community rewarding people that are willing to be part of the community. So it's always, at least that's in my mind, there's there's 30 teams, well, there's 60 team captains, 30 teams, plus the, the WNBA. Not everyone has the same mentality. That's why I think it's really cool that uh, the team captains actually have their own channel where we talk about stuff and let, let stuff evolve. Um, but that, that's my big thing is just fostering community through these moments, through these players that we love. Um, and then making sure that we have at least one big event every quarter. The, the Bay is expensive. It's more expensive to do stuff uh, in the Bay than it is, let's say, in other you know, parts of middle America or whatever it might be. So we always got to be conscious of that as we're budgeting stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we should have we're, we're a first class team. We have first class ownership. This should be a first class community that only gives away some of the best stuff and most and the most unique experiences, like meeting Gavon Rooney, having him randomly pop up at Top Golf. Well, no, definitely. I believe that the North Star for all of Web3 NFTs is actually NBA Top Shop. A lot of us came in through NBA Top Shop. And then within that, I, I personally believe, I haven't heard of much other, that Golden State Warriors Sims is the number one community there. So it must be really hard to manage. And thank you for doing all that you've done. I think that a lot of projects should mimic, you know, all the things that you've done, which is foster community, you know, foster just the, the spirit of the community giving to one another and then having those in real life experiences is more than I've gotten from any other project that I've spent, you know, money on. And it, really to get into the strength and moments, Golden Warriors States, a private channel, it's fairly inexpensive for the value that you get. I think right now it's probably under $200 to get into that private channel. Not only that, you get the potential, you know, rise in assets, you know, like, like I like to call them in the, in the, in the um, NFTs and the digital assets there. Uh, and just what you get from that is just what I've gotten from that is just so much more in return. I'm this bobblehead. This, uh, <laughs> I didn't even go to the game. My, so my friend aeronautics won the ticket and he went and got me a bobblehead, but that was all due to, you know, the strength and moments discord and him winning a free ticket, which basically paid for his entry into, you know, the private discord. So I, I think you it's know, just, 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 just talking, less yeah, talking a value proposition. I mean, I, yeah. I think S3 right now is right around a hundred bucks. The bottleneck Oof. is the Moses Moody. That's uh, right around 41, 42 bucks. Actually, I'm going to go scoop a couple with the, the strength of moments accounts later. We're going to raise that floor okay. a little bit. So I'm sorry, it's going to get a little more expensive, uh, probably <laughs> in about 20 minutes. Um, Okay. Yeah, it's about a hundred bucks to get in. And right now we've got about, so one of the, one of the big benefits and you know, obviously the program continue, the team captains program, Dapper is the one funding us. This is not thankfully coming out of my own pocket as much as I yeah. love all the strength of moments members that, you know, it's not something where I'm going to put out, you know, 
tens of thousands of dollars of cash that is coming from Dapper. We're very thankful for that. Um, but as the program evolves, I think one of the, the key pieces is hopefully continuing season tickets, at least for this last year when we've had season tickets, which I think are pretty cool. They're in the, the Pepsi club. So it's a semi-private suite. Um, we had 130 people sign up for potentially being able to win tickets. Uh, the only criteria was being Warriors as a favorite team um, on. So for people that don't know on uh, Top Shot, you can pick who your favorite team is. There's some mm -hmm. gaming that goes on with that. Hopefully Dapper finds a way to lock that down. But essentially there, there was no cost to you. There was just getting, getting in the channel, which was essentially having any set, probably cost about a hundred bucks right now. And then you can sign up for tickets. And with 130 people, you had about a one in four shot of winning tickets that are worth a couple hundred nice. bucks. So if you're, you know, one of the people that won this year, you're already well paid back. And that's not including people that, you know, won tickets to go to the IRL that we're doing, people that showed up right. and got to meet, you know, Kavon Looney and all this other really cool yep. stuff. Just the, the base level of the season tickets that strength and moments holds. You got to one, and, and, you know, obviously as, as hopefully the community grows, those odds shrink down and then, Maybe if communities grow and we get more budget, we can get more tickets. Um, but hopefully the goal is that you always have about a 50-50 or one and third or one and a quarter shot every season of winning tickets. And so on average, you know, once every two to three years, you're fully getting your buyback in just, just through tickets. So you know, I think as a value, value add, value proposition, if that's the minimum we can do and we want to strive to do a lot more, that's a great reason just to go pick up pick up one of the series sets and make sure that you can sign up for that those chance that chance to win uh, tickets through strength and moments. Hundred percent. I haven't won yet, but I'm not complaining because I've gotten so much value beyond that that uh, it, it, it's amazing. Like you mentioned, all the in real life events, uh, even merchant free T shirts and whatnot that you know community members are giving back. So what what's the direction you're at? Is Dapper leading the way there? I see you actively going out and trying to bring new members in. Is Dapper helping in any way? Uh, are we just kind of, you know, happy with the community that we have? What's success, like basically what's success in 2023 to keep the captain's program going? Because I love it. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. It's vibe and it's also growth. And I think those are the two things where, you know, all the different team captains are, are striving for. Uh, Dapper has been building some tools, some stuff behind the scenes stuff, that, some stuff that we implemented already. Uh, for instance, the refer a friend link and some of the QR codes and stuff that we've made. Um, trying to use that at IRLs or in other, um, like we did a Twitter giveaway where we were giving away a, a, a warrior set to get someone into the Discord uh, based on certain criteria. Um, so stuff like that to try and drive user growth. Uh, the Warriors just inherently have one of the top user bases just because it's a popular team. Um, so that wasn't necessarily something I had to focus on right at the start because we had high numbers already. Of course, we want to keep growing. And then, of course, you know, Twitter followers, Instagram followers, all, all the other kind of standard metrics that people use in the Web3 space. Uh, but then also vibe, you know, making sure. And it's probably why I'm in Discord a little bit too often. Um, I run my own business. I work from home. But, you know, I, I really do have a passion about making sure that the channel itself is fun. It's active. It's engaging. Um, that if any, you know, people coming in to, to mess, mess things up or try and troll or whatever else they're going to do, that could shut down pretty quickly. Um, I hear some horror stories from other captains that... Oh, you know, this is happening and, oh, you know, we need some help. And um, I've even jumped into other team channels when, when someone's kind of acted a fool and trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, provide my own assistance. Um, I've gotten kind of good at telling people to shut the F up in a very polite way. Um, I have to do it a lot in my, my actual job. Um, and I, I feel like okay. just making sure that the Discord channel is regulated in such a way that people can come in and have fun, not feel intimidated by, oh, you know, this is some big group or, you know, I can't share my views. I can't, as long as we're doing it all in fun, 
Um, you know, I think that's the most important thing. So it's it's always a balance of the two of, of growth and, and making sure that people that have bought in still feel the value of, of, of their, um, don't want to say investment, you know, we never talk about it in like a pure investment or financial terms, but, you know, they've, they've bought something of value and making sure that we're bringing as much value back to them as we can. Got it. Got it. And you have a unique perspective because you're, you and I are both in two different exclusive uh, um, channels or clubs or tiers within NBA Top Shot. And I wanted to ask your opinion, uh, Nine, Lives, Nine Lives Lounge, which is just a higher barrier to entry. It's a, it's a, a set of NFTs that if you own, I, I, don't, I don't know what it's, uh, the entry is nowadays, but back then it was <laughs> upwards north of $5,000. <laughs> I, I definitely, we, we both paid, I'm sure, a lot more than what the set would uh, cost people now, which, again, uh, just a great reason for new people to jump in. It's lower cost entry. Right. And, and the, I, I see the community within Nine Lives Lounge, more of a, a collector's mentality, a speculative mentality, whereas the Dubs channel, the Warriors channel is more of a legacy fan base that has, you know, a, a, already been there. You know, what are some learning lessons or some things that you've seen between the two, um, you know, Nine Lives Lounge and or, you know, the Warriors Discord? Yeah, no, and I, I've copied a lot of the stuff that I've seen in the NLL and brought it to the Warriors Discord and even other team captains. So for instance, the uh, Hive captain uh, really started running quote unquote team flash challenges a year ago. And it was just a quick predictive like, hey, tell me the stat line. Very easy, very simple. Um, and that's grown to a lot of the stuff that we do. But um, so it's 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 a community of sharing, but specifically with the NLL, you know, some of the, the verticals that they've created both in their leadership roles and some of their initiatives in uh, the activity in the in the thought process that goes on um, with even just community members and the way that they they share. So one of the first things I did was put in a trading sub channel or sub thread in the Warriors Discord, just to mm -hmm. be like, this is, you know, if you're a Warriors fan and we're all going towards a, a similar goal of rooting for the Warriors, or at least the people that are in there and are active, you know, we want to have a, a space to, to trade moments back and forth when necessary that we feel secure and feel that we're um, uh, not going to have to worry about who the other person is on the other side, because hopefully right. we've started to get to know each other. Um, that was one of the big assets that I found early on in my collecting and big assets of the NLL is, look, we've essentially got, I think there's about 1,800 active users, um, give or take, uh, through the NLL uh, channel that's on the Top Shot Discord. And if it's mm -hmm. one of those 1,800 people that are in there actively trading, you essentially have 1,788 or 98 other people that could come in and rain hell on one, one, one side or the other if someone mm -hmm. tries to stiff someone or, you know, pull a fast one. So I think that that level of accountability, that level of access based on community is something that I saw in the NLL and was one of the things I really wanted to bring to the Warriors early on. So yeah, just, and I think the, the NLL leadership, um, Eddie Dunks, DK, Robbie, um, uh, some of the actors, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, like the uh, Soho slam, some of the gamification uh, that I always forget how to pronounce it, but PSH, skins or whatever his name is just everyone that's on the, the nll council i think they they put a lot of good initiatives together and there are things that are easy to emulate and bring into the warriors discord yeah definitely both warriors and nine lives loud drive a hard bargain i tried to do some trades there <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a ton of fun having a safe space to do it at least to reach out uh in a, in a small chamber to talk about you know top shop so definitely really cool What's your thoughts on the current state of Top Shop? The direction of challenges. I know a lot of it's burning focus, locking focus. We had so much happening all at once. We had leadership boards, individual leadership boards, dual reels. I, I know there's a lot of questions in there, but 
just what's your thoughts overall on kind of the direction? Is it, are we doing good here? Or is it like they're just trying to throw things to stick at the wall? How is the community responding that you've seen? And what's your perspective? Uh, I think uh, Series 4S4 definitely started with a little bit of a spaghetti against the wall mentality. And I think that there were a few things that were so ingrained, like uh, TS, the old collector score, um, and trying to undo some things that, right. hey, if we if we had 100,000 active users, that would have been great and could have continued to grow. Um, and it just wasn't where the product was at at that point. So I think Dapper was really trying to figure out what the product should look like and hopefully handing those ideas over to the users. And they were essentially doing that by, let's do 10 different initiatives and see what happens uh, and see what people like. Um, don't necessarily think that's a, a great approach, but I think they were they were struggling a little bit there, especially in uh, the summer of 22. And then I think it was a little herky-jerky to start the season, but I, I really liked some of the combo locking burning challenges that we've seen recently. Um, I like, even though the main counts are maybe still too high and the fact that they're flexible and can be increased, I don't think most of the active community really likes that. Um, but certainly it's a, it's a far step down from, you know, 35 and 40 came in counts in S2, 60 came in counts in S3. So I think that they're starting to get it. Um, I'm bullish generally on, you know, what this is going to look like in five years or 10 years or 15 years from now. Um, also coming from cardboard, you know, I, this is my personal belief. This is you know, not financial advice, not not the belief of the you know strength of moments community, not you know the belief of Dapper or Top Shot, anything like that. Uh, but if you look at cardboard as a comparable, ninety five percent of the of these the actual physical cardboard cards are essentially worthless. Uh, they're they're filler. <laughs> they're they're just hey you know. And if you really wanted to grind, and you know if you own like a card a hobby shop or something like that, you wanted to sell things for fifty cents. And it's yeah, it's cool to get a random Jordan Poole or Draymond Green or whatever. And those those cards are cool. And you know if you ever go out to an event and can get them to sign it. All right, you turned a fifty cent card into hopefully a hundred dollar card. That's really at least in my mind the benefit of cardboard. And I think that's probably where commons head long term. Um, I mean, unless they were to really undo the mint count. And keep it super small, and it's like you know five thousand or ten thousand, or unless we have you know a hundred thousand users, and then some of the the earlier mint counts, even if they seemed high, thirty five thousand, forty five thousand. Well, if you got a hundred thousand users, maybe that seems more exclusive, and it always keeps a certain floor. Um, but I think five, ten, fifteen years from now, the exclusive stuff will always be exclusive. Um, the stuff that's not as exclusive, I think, will have value in flash challenges and other other potential ways to utilize them, which I think is the other cool part of web three versus cardboard. But I don't think we're ever going to have a, you know, I remember my first ever purchase on, um, on top shot was a, not Giannis, Theonis Antetokounmpo, his brother for like 25 bucks. Okay. And it was a top, uh, his top shot debut for, you know, minted, I think to 12,000. And that was, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're ever going back to the world of true commons being worth, you know, tens or twenties of dollars or even hundreds of dollars or even, you know, having flash challenges hit and having 4k rookies, unless they're really good, you know, a Palo Banchero mm -hmm. is I think always going to hold value, but a random rookie, is it going to spike from, you know, $15 to $300? Like we saw last year with Kaminga, uh, there's, there's another bag that I hold. Uh, I think Kaminga is going to be a great player, but you know, I think I bought in at like 250 bucks for his 4k. Mm -hmm. And I think it's down to like 60. So I, I, economics, I think are going to change long-term. They're going to balance out. Um, but I think the, the overall idea is that we're going to make every moment have at least some sort of transactional value in flash challenges or whatever. I think the marketplace is eventually going to say, look, this is just kind of where, and I think that's kind of where we're at now. Commons are common. Right. They're, they're valued at that. And then everything else that's, that's more exclusive, either via set, via challenge reward, um, 
you know, the different tier levels, the rares, the uh, legendaries, the, um, the fandom set. And as long as Top Shop can always make sure to balance that out, make sure that rares are rares, legendaries are legendaries, I think health-wise we're going to be good long-term. Got it. What, what's, what, why do you think NFL's uh, All Day was able to sell packs before even any Top Shop? I thought we were the same company. Um, so, and we had, you know, again, having the, the team channel or excuse me, the team captain's channel where we talk stuff out and even the NLL, I mean, there's, there's a lot of minds that are a lot smarter than mine and all this. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they reminded me that the packs for all day are actually on the blockchain. So the pack itself lives on the blockchain. So when they were starting that project, even though it's dapper, even though, you know, it's similar teams, the idea there, when they started, it was look. We're going to build the product in such a way that it makes it easier for the packs to go mm. into a pack marketplace because it lives on the blockchain. Um, and I, I don't know the technology behind it, but I know that the Top Shop packs don't. And so there's a, a more significant barrier to entry to get them on or get them into a marketplace um, because of the fact they don't live on a. Uh, you, you can't validate the transaction in the same way that you can with the all day packs. Mm. Interesting. Well, that is a year in the making or more. I know that we're slowly pushing out some of the roadmap items that we had when uh, um, our CEO started at CEO of Top Shop started talking about it way back when. So uh, definitely, you know, appreciate your input there. And if you knew the answers, you know, of course you'll be, <laughs> you'll be the CEO of Top Shop how to turn everything around. But I think they're doing a, a, a interesting job this year, you know, just trying to balance everything. We know, you know, in terms of the whole economic and global outturn of what's happening, uh, I'm still bullish on NBA Top Shop and definitely the Warriors. So let's switch things up really quickly. Let's wrap things up with the NBA. What was the R-Star game about? That was a complete fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of enjoyed it because I just, I, I was uh, watching our five-year-old daughter. Uh, mom was out of, t- uh, out of town, a little uh, girl's vacation. And so I just kind of had it all in the background and it was very enjoyable to watch as kind of a spectator and not as like an NBA fan. Um, with just um, jacking up threes from everywhere and seeing, and I think Tatum went completely off. I mean, he he went next level, um, but yeah, they, it wasn't it wasn't basketball. Um, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Um, I've seen a lot of people calling for reformatting again in the my basketball community is really the Top Shot community. So either mm-hmm. in the NLL, in the Team Captains channel, or in the Warriors channel, um, just that's where my conversation. I, I got a couple good buddies that are um, really big basketball fans. I talk with them a little bit. But my basketball talk is almost always on Discord. And so people have been proposing, you know, let's just play horse. Let's do around the world, all this <laughs> different stuff. Um, and the people are like, oh, yeah, I think they tried that back in 05 and people didn't like it. Any All-Star game, the Pro Bowl, the um, the uh, NHL All-Star game, uh, the MLB All-Star game, they're always going to be gimmicky. I don't think it's really fair to say, oh, we need to make that the perfect event because it's the showcase of basketball. No, the showcase of basketball is the playoffs. Um, that's part of the reason that the NBA doesn't really get started until after the All-Star, or after Christmas or after the All-Star break. That's mm-hmm. when, you know, 30, 40% of fans start tuning in or whatever the stats are. Um, so it was gimmicky. It was it was kind of fun. But, yeah, it wasn't, as a, a pure basketball fan, wasn't, wasn't a game that really needed attention. It really wasn't a game that's like, I got to focus on this. I got I, I to gotta make sure. Um, now, the only, only thing is I kind of think out loud – um, I think the league that's done the best of trying to figure out a good way to um, take the All-Star game and turn it into something else, and maybe this is what the NBA can do since it's kind of already going to be gimmicky regardless, is the NHL, sure. um, I want to say four or five years ago, actually 
went to the one when it was in San Jose for the All-Star game. Um, if anyone knows anything about the NHL, their overtimes are a three-on-three format. And the idea behind that is that it's more open ice. It's more ability to try and score. Hopefully less games that actually end in a shootout because a lot of NHL purists are, you know, and same thing with soccer purists that um, we don't want a, a um, penalty kicks or we don't want a shootout to decide wins, to decide points. We want it to actually be based on the skill of multiple players working as a team because it's a team sport. Um, but the NHL completely converted their all-star game four or five years ago, and it's a three-on-three tournament. Um, and it's, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, um, not a round, a round robin. So essentially you have each of the teams play each other, and then the teams that, or no, 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 it's 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 tournament style. So you have, uh, uh, there's Brackets. two divisions, yeah. And essentially multiple of the smaller teams play each other, and they eventually get to a championship game. Um, if we kind of take that example and we think about what the big three, the other uh, basketball league that uh, essentially plays half court, three on three, you could still put in some of the gimmicky stuff of like the the, the four point shot where they have the, the logo further away. Maybe that's a good way to res- uh, to solve the um, NBA All-Star game, just because I think just to play a, a full court game of basketball and then no one's going to play defense and people are just going to jack up shots for wherever. <laughs> It's, it's always going to be gimmicky. So maybe just, just embrace it and do something else. But I, I still think people want to see a basketball game versus, let's just say, a game of horse or a game of around the world, something like that. You know, absolutely. That's a good suggestion. Thank you for trying to fix Top Shop and NBA All-Star Game at the same time, Tim. I, I wear, I wear yeah, many I had, hats, but all Warriors. <laughs> I, I had two thoughts when watching the All-Star Game. One was, why am I watching this, number one? And number two was, why did I purchase two All-Star Packs? <laughs> based off of this game and immediately I, my mind went to dapper it's only nine dollars but you know it's a uh, it was interesting that how my thought process went there uh switching oh. topics dubs what do we do here we're we're 29 29 we didn't get any better uh we got tricked with gp2 <laughs> did yeah. you talk to the, the the portland team caps about this did they know oh, something gave, that we didn't know before? i gave them a lot of hell i gave them and uh uh blazer fan 503 which is actually one of the the two um uh leads for the team captains program he's a big uh-huh. uh, portland uh, blazers fan and i was giving him hell in the the dm that we have i'm like what what is up with your gm what is up with your medical staff this is this is not how nba teams are supposed to carry themselves but no i yeah. uh, i think the, the the good and bad of the warriors and we've seen it now for probably the last four or five years and i think it started with the kevin durant years just because those teams knew how good they were and knew that they literally didn't have to do anything in the regular season they could be before we had the play and they could be the eighth seed or they could be the one seed and they were probably going to run train over everyone and, and win the championship. And unfortunately, and since they've been able to do it, you know, bad habits will repeat themselves like Jordan Poole just mm. throwing away the ball at the end of games off his foot or you know, trying to dribble right. too fast. For whatever reason, if you build a habit and for whatever reason it works a couple times, it's a really bad habit to break. Um, I think that's where this year's Warriors are. It was kind of in the same spot where the Warriors were last year. The injuries never help. Steph being out multiple times for an extended period of time doesn't help. But I think the team just has the mentality of, you know, and I keep saying this myself personally, get a six seed or better. Don't be in the playing tournament. Don't be in a one and done game. We saw that how that worked a couple years ago against um, Memphis and against the Lakers. I think the Warriors, while they're really good in tight situations, for whatever reason, they don't they don't seem to thrive in a one and done type situation. I think at game seven, you'd have a certain amount of momentum there one and done would be fine there, but just a pure one-off, they, they don't seem to thrive well on that. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a wait and see. Let's see if they get in. I think this team, even without Steph has enough talent to beat 
two thirds of the teams in the NBA, um, the way that the West is this year, a 500 record might get you the, the six or seven seed. Um, I think we need to push for more than that. I'd like to be, you know, five to 10 games above 500 by the time we get there, that should lock in the fifth or sixth seed. And then let's go from there, especially if everyone's healthy. Um, but it's definitely been a, been an up and down and a frustrating season, but I think in part because the Warriors know that there's that switch that they can flip and they haven't really had the chance to flip it because of injuries and other reasons, but it's, it's gotta come soon or it's not going to come at all. Yeah, definitely. The time will, well, time is now. It's not time will tell. <laughs> yeah. So question, let's, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say we're in the play in and we don't, we make it to maybe, you know, conference finals and that's it. Is Draymond pick two hard questions for you. Is Draymond picking up his option if we do not make it far in this year's playoff? So I think I've always said this about Draymond. I think he's one of the smartest NBA players out there. Um, and I think Draymond, even in his bravado, recognizes that he doesn't function the same way on any other team as he does with this one because he has the elite scoring options that he has. So I, I personally have always been of the opinion that Draymond would take less money if this team can still win championships and um, everyone's still healthy. Um, so I, I think that I doubt he would, at least my personal opinion, I doubt he would opt out just to try and chase money if this team can still win. And I think if we're in the conference finals, this team could still win. And it just depends on, did someone get hurt in that series? Did, you know, did everyone just look older? Does it look like the team is finally aging out? Did the young guys not step up enough? And so we're just, you know, we're not quite there with the elites, the elites anymore. Okay. Maybe he opts out and says, I'll go get my money because this, this train's over anyways. We're not winning another championship, but if there's a championship to be won, I think Draymond's going to always prioritize that over money. So I, I think it depends on how we go out in the in the conference finals, if that's what happens. Um, but I would expect him to be back if this team looks like they can still go on a title run. Definitely. We have a lot to see how this f- team unfolds towards, you know, the end of the season. But if we had to choose, or not we, if you had to, ch- we had to say bye to somebody, Clay, Dre, Wiggs, or Poole, who would it be in your mind? Or who would you... I don't know, say that, well, this, we wouldn't want to let this person go, but this would be the person on the list that would have to go. Whether it be salary cap or talent or, yeah. So I think he's probably the most underrated, but still very important player to the Warriors. And I think that's Clay Thompson. I think always having that, you know, between his injuries, between having a very similar skill set to Steph, um, he probably gets devalued or at least not publicized as much. I mean, he's, he's going to be second all-time in threes, I think, by the time it's all said and done. He holds records, three-point records that Steph doesn't hold, like three points in a quarter, stuff like that. Um, and he's been the savior, you know, game six Clay. Um, mm. All that said, right. what Clay does, I think, is a lot more repeatable. And there's even potential people in the pipeline like Jordan Poole that are younger, that haven't had an injury concern, that maybe can be a little bit cheaper in the short term on contracts. Um, so I think that would be the one that if I... I guess the big thing that you got to think is, is this team going to be a championship team or a championship contender in the next five years? And maybe that changes my opinion. If you say, absolutely not like Steph retires or Steph has a career, I need injury and that it's like, who are we keeping? Um, you know, maybe, maybe I changed the opinion, but if this team is looking to compete, the one that I think has the most repeatable skills, even if not at the same elite level is probably clay. Um, I think pool, though, not a great three point shooter, is at least that kind of spot up. I can I can work and get my shot, and he and um, he and Steph can play off each other in the same way that Clay and Steph do. And then you need that floor general and Draymond Wiggins. I think just brings a physicality that no other player. Oh, Draymond has that physicality. He just doesn't want to score. 
um, or at least doesn't doesn't prioritize it. Um, so I think he, by losing Wiggins, I, I don't think we win the title last year if it wasn't for Wiggins. Um, so right. I think that's, yeah, so that's, I can't imagine moving him and still being competitive. So I think as much as I hate to say it, I think Clay would be the one if, if we had to lose someone and still want to compete mm-hmm. for a title. I, I could see, a, I could see a, a world where that's potentially possible. No, not my favorite player, Clay. I haven't got his jersey. <laughs> oh, he's I great. Let Bob, I freaking love Clay. I'll, yeah, I'll let Bob Myers know if Bob is still with us during that time. <laughs> In my mind, I would think if we didn't win this year, maybe if we could get a big name for Paul. I'm just thinking, just one last run. But yeah, I think you're right to to you know of all the pieces that we have there. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting year. I look forward to it shaking out and spending more time with, you know, with the dubs uh, in the channel talking about well, what may happen. Where, uh, where were you at on like the, where were you at on like the Bradley Beal stuff over the off season or wanting to trade to uh, upgrade at the deadline and try and get a veteran? I mean, where, where did you come or did you want to see the, the young players grow? Where, what was your personal feeling as, as we were dealing with that over the summer? Yeah. Uh, I was, I listened to a lot of sports talk radio and I was, trying to find some big names come over. I didn't think Bradley Beal would fit good with us personally, but that's just my personal take. Um, yeah, I didn't really have anyone that I wanted to go after. I really wanted to see how this particular team develop. I really wanted to strengthen our wing defense, you know, with a stronger veteran because, um, you know, we have, for, for some reason, we have Iguodala, you know, <laughs> on the bench on contract where, where we can free up that room for someone else. So I really wanted mm-hmm. to see, to see a stronger uh, a supporting cast. That's all. I think our, our, like you said, I think our cast is strong enough to get through, you know, uh, the playoffs once we get there. It's just getting there is yep. where we need to be at. Yeah. So I didn't think we needed a really big player to um, get us over the hump in the playoffs. I think we just needed someone to get us into the playoffs <laughs> is yep. what, I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. At least for one more year. At least for one more year. Yeah. Because Steph was playing out of his mind in like early on in the year. And of course, you got your season, you know, uh, woes where you got a rest and whatnot. Clay still hasn't played back to back for half the season. Like that was another thing the radio talked about. So, you know, we, we're playing not with one hand tied behind the back, but I, basically we could come out firing in the playoffs, right? We just yeah. need to get there. Yeah. So that's kind of where my views are. <laughs> nah. And so, like I said, yeah. it's that switch they know they can flip. And if they flip it too yeah. late, I think they're screwed. And if they flip at the right time, game on. And we'll see where they go. Right, right. Well, regardless, I'll be summing, I'll be sending in some. Golden State and Dubs moments for you to give away to anyone who is in the Sims Discord. So whoever's listening that wants to join one of the best NFT Web3 projects out there, NBA Top Shop, and one of the best, you know, sub-communities within that group, the Golden State Warriors, then please, you know, I'll put the links down below of, you know, Sims, uh, you know, uh, our team Discord and, and everything and how they can reach you also, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Um, I've got a team captain that helps me run all that social stuff, but one of us is always going to be responding back if you DM us. So even if Discord's not quite your thing or you don't have access to uh, the Strength of Moments, the Warriors team channel yet, feel free to reach out to us on any of those platforms and we'll do what we can to answer any questions or, or help work you into, into the Discord and being part of the family. Awesome. I think I speak on behalf of all community members that, you know, when we think NBA Top Shop, Dapper Labs, we think Tim. We don't want you to go anywhere. You're the heartbeat of, you know, this specific community. And uh, I look forward to having more conversations with you down the road. I know we had it, you know, a long time ago. And, you know, look at where we've come since then. We got a mobile app. So, you know, maybe another year down the road, there's going to be a lot more coming on. NBA just released their, their virtual thing, whatever that was. <laughs> maybe we can incorporate that, you know, in some way in the future. Yeah. A lot, a lot of growth opportunities. So excited to see where it goes. 
Awesome, Tim. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Bye.